0: Welcome back to PRSSA Podcasts. For this Student Stories episode, we've decided to do something a little bit different. All of our listeners will have the opportunity to participate in a giveaway competition for the chance to win one of three $20 gift cards to Amazon. All listeners will have to do to enter this competition is follow at PRSSA National on Instagram, go to our story highlights, and screenshot the template for the PRSSA Podcast Giveaway. Use a public Instagram account to share a filled out version of that template on their story with one key takeaway from the episode, and tag us. These instructions will also be shared on our Instagram. Listeners will have until March 8th, 2023 to enter the giveaway. And I know I'm excited to hear your thoughts, so keep that in mind as you listen to today's podcast. Our guest today is Oakley Weddle. Oakley is a Strategic Media Master's student at the University of Memphis, as well as his chapter's PRSSA president. While still in school, Oakley is also a marketing manager at ProTech Services Group, a graduate assistant, owner of his own PR firm, and a founder, vice president, and public relations director at the Pay It Forward Foundation. It's no wonder that Oakley was recently named on the Memphis Flyers 20 under 30 list. Welcome to the show, Oakley. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. How are you, Nicole?
0: I'm good. Thanks so much for coming on the show.
1: No, thank you. I'm really honored. it's It's truly, truly an honor. I'm so excited.
0: Well, we're excited to have you on here. I wanted to start by asking you, why did you decide to study public relations?
1: Yeah. so ever since I was a kid, I've always been a people person. You know, much to the chagrin of my parents, I've really never met a stranger. You know, that old phrase, you know, stranger danger it eh, was never in my vocabulary. <laughs> Um, you know, I was that kid that constantly talked to the person who I was in the elevator with or, you know, the librarian checking out a book or, you know, a stranger at a park, you know, it, it sounds, you know, crazy, but that's just the kid I was. I was very outgoing and I always liked talking to adults and that kind of translated and, and just went over to when I was, you know, a teenager. And then now as an adult, it never kind of waned. I've always been a people person and I've also always been an entrepreneur so when I was a kid I always tried to find uh, so let me start by saying I was homeschooled I was homeschooled my whole life so naturally I had kind of a lot of time on my hands so I kind of turned that into business ventures when I was growing up I uh, um, I started a wrapping paper business when I was eight years old I believe and so from like October to November in October I would start like the promo and then November and December I would wrap presents for people in my neighborhood my family my friends and I totally conned all my family out of money um, from eight nine and ten years old and then when I was I was eight as well I guess that was just like a kind of a big entrepreneurship year for me I also started a haunted house, a haunted yard as well in my neighborhood. And I kind of got, you know, all my neighborhood and friends to come. And so ever since I was a little kid, I've always been kind of an entrepreneur and, you know, using my people skills to be able to, you know, create a business. And that translated into me doing theater. So when I started theater in fifth grade, I started as an actor and then I transitioned and I started doing kind of like a being an actor on stage and being behind the scenes since I was a stage manager for a long time. Um, I also was assistant stage manager. Um, I did assistant directing. And then eventually towards the end of um, you know me doing theater, I transitioned into being a director. And so I started directing children's theater and that really helped me discover that I loved storytelling. And I could kind of combine that entrepreneurship of like working with a nonprofit and also my love of people and, you know, interacting with people. And then my ultimate passion, which is storytelling. Um, I remember when I was in high school, I was, you know, kind of in the car with my mom and we were talking about what do I want to do with my life? You know, I don't, I knew I didn't necessarily want to be an actor forever. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to direct theater forever, but I knew at the core of all the things that I love to do, that was telling stories. Um, And I think I got that from my grandmother. She's, an excellent storyteller sometimes she fibs a little bit and exaggerates you know we're here down in the south in Memphis Tennessee so that's kind of a common thing (laughs) Um, you know folklore is prevalent here Um, but ultimately yes I'm a storyteller and so when I started college and I was talking to my advisor which is now my friend and mentor Tori Cliff I knew That PR was totally up my alley. We started talking about different aspects of PR, and I just completely fell uh, fell in love with all of them. Writing, I've always loved to write. Um, I love interacting with people, as I said. Social media has always been kind of up my alley. I did that when I was in high school for uh, multiple theaters here in Memphis, community theaters. Um, Strategic thinking has always been kind of, you know, in bred into me because, you know, you know, working with theater and then, you know, doing the entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurship stuff um, and then problem solving as well. Um, so while I love the aspects of PR, I think the main goal of PR ultimately is to tell a story, to take someone's message and to be able to use those tools to convey it. And so that's my very long-winded reason of why I love public relations and why I'm doing it.
0: That's awesome. I love that. And I know your conversation and entrepreneur skills have gotten you far and served you well so far, which we'll dive more into later. But first, tell me about when you first got involved with PRSSA.
1: Yeah, so I started college in 2019. As I said, I was a homeschooler and I did dual enrollment. And so for that first year, I uh, was not a full-time student. I was kind of more of a part-time student while I was finishing up high school And then in 2020, I officially started um, my sophomore freshman year Um, and I started to, you know, hear about PRSSA, you know, it was still during COVID, really during like the bad times of COVID. I mean, it was 2020. Um, And so, you know, there was like things going on PRSSA wise. And so I joined like a trivia night, like interest meeting and it sounded really incredible. And so I joined as a member um, for about a semester. And then in the spring of 2021, I you know, expressed my interest in becoming an executive board me- member. And I was able to kind of get to know the current executive board and then was moved into co-director of communications. So I did that for a semester, fell in love with it, fell in love with the mission of PRSSA and what our chapter was trying to do, kind of trying to rebuild after COVID. And then that following semester, I became vice president, was a vice president for, I believe, two semesters. And then in May of 2022, our current our president, then she graduated and I was bumped up to president. And then from there, we kind of rebuilt and have made the chapter what it is today.
0: I love it. And what have been some of your favorite experiences, or maybe just one favorite experience you have, if you can narrow it down that far, that you've had with peers to say so far?
1: <laughs> yeah, so my favorite experiences have been, of course, hosting um, these incredible events that we're doing. Um, it's hard to really narrow it down to one. You know, this last semester, we talked to a lot of people that I don't think I would have been able to talk to if not been for PRSSA even if they're like right in my backyard like people professionals from St. Jude Uh, had, you know St. Jude is such a renowned research hospital here in Memphis but I had never talked to anyone there and so that was incredibly special and I had never talked to you know the marketing director at the Grizzlies and that was really incredible but I'm so sorry I, I had to narrow it down to one, it's anytime we bring our alumni back. I love when the alumni get to speak to our members, talk about their previous experience with PRSSA, giving them advice about what to do as a freshman, as a sophomore, junior, or especially a senior, and you know, like what's next? Like that's kind of one of our main goals is bridging the gap between college life and then professional life. And so to see someone, you know, who's like a couple of years ahead of you or maybe 10 years ahead of you, In doing these incredible things, you can see, oh, that's attainable, like, and here's the steps to attain that. It's really excellent, and I love when our alumni come back and do those panels.
0: Totally, and I truly do love the way that PRSSA is able to bring people together and connect students with professionals in the network.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Well, tell me about the Pay It Forward Foundation. For the viewers that don't know about it, what is it? What led you to co-founding this foundation with your parents, and what's its mission?
1: Yeah. So in 2020, um, in 2019, let's go back to 2019, I stopped doing theater. Um, that's kind of when I was starting to do college and it was just a natural transition. And after I stopped doing theater, I realized that theater was my therapy. And in 2016, when my brother died from a car crash, um, I hadn't kind of thrown myself into theater and like, had that consume me for three, four years. And then when I didn't have theater, I realized, oh, shoot, I don't have anything to like bottle up this grief and, you know, give it to the world or, you know, put it into something, put this energy into something. And so that was when I really had to go through the grieving process truly and raw. And that was a really tough year. And so when I was coming out of that year, I realized that that grieving process and ultimately my brother's death should not be wasted. And, you know, I had this conversation with my parents. I'm like, what can we do to keep my brother's legacy alive? And one of those things was being able to spread kindness to strangers, because ultimately that was what he did every day. Um, I know I probably sound biased, but he really was such a kind person. I, you know, firmly believe in the saying only the good die young, because he was such an incredible person. And he spread kindness to strangers, um, kindness, he spread kindness to the homeless community. He, you know, gave and gave and gave so much. And so his name was Peyton. And so when we formed this foundation, we knew we wanted to play on the idea of, you know, paying it forward. So we used his nickname pay. And so that's why we call it the pay it forward foundation P E Y. And you know, my parents were fully on board, you know, they want to keep the legacy alive as much as I do. And, you know, we formed a board of his friends, his uh, his mentors, his family. And ultimately, we've had a blast. And it's been very cathartic um, to say, to channel that grief that we have been through the last seven years, it'll be seven years this month, actually, February 21st, and into something that's meaningful and impactful and our mission is i'll just you know kind of read off the boilerplate and i'll I'll elaborate um but it's through the legacy of peyton martin Weddle, who was my brother the pay it forward foundation will dedicate itself to spreading love to all giving back to the local community and encouraging others to choose kindness over hate every single day And then our vision is to use the Pay It Forward initiative to make the world a better place one small deed at a time. So we encourage our followers on social media. We do a lot of promotion on our digital spaces, but also through tangible items as well um, and social interaction, um, in-person interaction. Um, But we encourage them to spread kindness to strangers, whether that be paying for someone at Starbucks, for the person behind you. Um, you know, opening a door for someone, you know, something that seems so simple, but sometimes we forget, we get in our heads and, you know, we're trying to accomplish our tasks, but doing something kind for another and really truly paying it forward without like, you know, an ulterior motive of like, I do this, you give me that, just doing something out of like the absolute kindness of your heart, um, is our whole kind of thing. And another aspect of the foundation is supporting people who are pursuing higher education but can't so that's why we are raising money for a scholarship at the University of Memphis where I go to college and also where my brother went to college he went to college at uh, University of Memphis in the College of Business and Economics Fogelman College of Business and Economics and so we are raising a scholarship there for students who cannot afford higher education, but also who are active in their community, um, spreading kindness and also doing activism. And so, uh, you know, people who apply for the scholarship have to, you know, write an essay about how they've changed their community and how they've, you know, spread kindness to strangers. And um, we're also doing community service outreach projects. Uh, We work a lot with fellow nonprofits here in Memphis and it's all kind of just to accomplish the goal of, Making Memphis a better place and you know, making our followers and supporters and and really the world a better place, one small deed at a time.
0: Wow. That's so inspirational. I'm so sorry for what your family went through, but I really do love the way that you took something so horrible and channeled that grief into something so impactful for so many people. And I really think that you're honoring Peyton's legacy through that, like I know is, you know, your hope. Thank you. Of course. So how does your knowledge of PR help keep this foundation going?
1: Yeah, so I would say I got a lot of great nonprofit experience when I was in high school from theater, you know, a lot of community theaters, most community theaters are 501c3 nonprofits. So I was able to get that experience there. But as far as PR, definitely kind of the media relations aspect. Um, That was something that I kind of had to learn pretty much immediately when I was in college, I, you know, I took that class uh, really early on because I wanted to be able to, you know, learn about that aspect of PR and be able to navigate that because that was, you know, coming up a lot with the foundation and especially with our golf tournament this past, uh, this past fall, I used a lot of those skills. Um, But also, I would say social media, because during COVID, you know, we couldn't get out to those community service projects like we wanted to because, you know, we didn't want to spread anything, we didn't want to get anything. We certainly didn't want to spread anything. And so we were able to use our social media to, you know, brighten up people's feeds because there was a lot of really dark stuff going on. I mean, we launched in February 2020. March 2020, as everyone knows, things were not good. And then, so that whole year, we posted nearly almost every day, either a quote or a blog or a story. Um, we all we at one point we were doing shout out Sundays, and we were shouting out local businesses. And at one point, uh, we were shouting out um, like certain kindness news that we were hearing, um, kind of like the John Krasinski uh, "some good news" kind of thing. And we were, you know, spreading like the good stuff that was going on uh, because, you know, we're not ignoring the bad stuff because all the bad stuff is important and it's important to learn from and acknowledge, but also to be able to move forward, you need a little bit of light in the, in a, just a a puddle of darkness. And so we were, that was our goal during that year. um, And I, I think that we really accomplished it. And I'm proud of what we did during 2020 uh, to spread kindness and yeah
0: absolutely and i know sometimes it can get a little overwhelming on social media seeing so much negativity so i love that you used your platform and your pr skills to really spread positivity in that area um so thank you for all that you're doing
1: with that absolutely and i i forgot to mention also i would say writing too because the skills that i've learned in school and in the profession have 100% help me write. Um, we have a blog, it's called the human good blog. And we do different kind of series. But one of the very first series that we did was what is grief anyway. And we kind of took people from the board and people who are special to Peyton. And we asked them to write a blog about their own process and their own um, dealings with grief. And it was incredible to see the difference in every everyone because you know, grief is not you know, the same for everyone. It's not linear. And it's just interesting and fascinating to be able to take those skills that I'm learning and apply those to something that is so deeply personal.
0: Wow, that sounds like such an impactful blog. I would love to check that out. So I know that you also own your own independent public relations firm, Jubilant Communications. What led you to starting this firm?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I think a lot of things happened in 2020 and a lot of, you know, business kind of sprouted up during 2020 when we all had a bunch of time in our hands. Um, But when I was starting college, I realized that I could take these skills that I had used before college and also was learning in college and kind of do what I was already doing and make it kind of like a name, a business, a sole proprietorship situation. So I was already doing this. I was building websites for people. And I was, you know, doing social media content for, you know, connections that I had through friends and family and professional connections as well. And I decided like, okay, instead of this being kind of like a willy nilly, you know, you call me kind of thing, um, and people were kind of reaching out to me, like on my personal email and I was like, okay, let's make this a little bit more official. And so it's like, let's make a sole proprietorship. Let's call it Jubilant Communications. And that way I can have my own freelance agency and people who want me to do, you know, t- take them on as a client and do strategic communications, they can go through my website and I can also get new clients who I don't know. And it could be more of like a business situation. And that's exactly what happened.
0: That's awesome. I love the way that you're. Able to use those skills to really, you know, work through college. And I don't know. I just, I love the way that you're proactive about that. How does owning your own firm differ from working to Protect Services Group, or maybe how is it the same?
1: Yeah. So I work for ProTech Services Group as the marketing manager, and it is technic- technically completely separate. So I have my own freelance agency that I do part time. And, you know, a lot of times I do it on the weekends and I'm able to, you know, my clients know, that I'm very flexible. Sometimes I work at night after classes and stuff. Um, and then my ProTech uh, job is my day job. That's my full-time marketing manager job. And uh, I am an in-house marketing manager for a technology company. I work with clients and prospects, and I do internal communications as well. I host events. I do their social media, and then I also work with their public relations agency, and we do you know strategic communications for public uh, for ProTech Services Group as well.
0: Do you find that there's much overlap between the types of jobs that you're doing in the two or maybe how, you know, your skills overlap? Or is it just a completely different world between owning your own firm and working with this in-house team?
1: Absolutely. I definitely think there is some overlap and I learn a lot. You know, one of the excellent things about working at an agency is you work with businesses you wouldn't quite work for full-time. Like I've been afforded great opportunities to work with a food truck, which was an excellent experience. I never thought that I would, you know, do social media content and a blog for a food truck or a paper company, you know, you know, all of the office, I was able to work with like a paper company and a a office supply company. Um, I was also able to work with a travel agency, which was super fun because I think in another life I would be a travel agent. So it was kind of interesting to see all the inner workings of those businesses, Um, And then, you know, kind of learning about industries helps with my job at ProTech because, you know, we are targeting these companies, it's a B2B business to business company. So knowing different industries helps with talking to clients, helps with talking to prospects like, oh, I understand your business because I've worked with your business now let me do business for you, Um, that kind of thing. And it also just the skills that I would be able to experiment more with Jubilant Communications, maybe cross over to Protect Services Group once they're more tried and true, that kind of thing. And I definitely think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of crossover, but Protect Services Group is a technology company and is very different. Technology is a lot different than a food truck, and so I kind of had to like switch my switch my thinking, switch my brain, because while it is the same tools, it's a different story.
0: Totally. Well, do you have any advice for students who may be interested in starting their own firm?
1: Yes, absolutely. I wrote it down because I was like, I'm totally going to forget. (laughs) I love it. Start small with the goal of adding more and getting bigger. Kind of like I did. I'm not saying it's the perfect absolute template you know model that you need to follow um but i think starting off with like making connections and you know, maybe you have a family friend that you get to know really well and they're starting a business or you know etsy shop etsy shops are great to be able to you know do social media for but maybe you have a family friend or a friend of a friend kind of situation and you just kind of start start your word of mouth situation, get your parents or, you know, your family members to start saying when anyone brings it up, well, you know, Oakley does social media or he builds websites. So then you can start building your portfolio and start building those skills. And that by the time you create an agency and you start promoting, you, you have this vast portfolio of stuff that you've already done. And also don't be afraid to do free work at first, because Every time I started a business, like when I did photography, uh, when I was in high school, I did my first 10 sessions were all free. I mean, maybe they were from my friends. Maybe they were from people I didn't know. They were all free. Just, Hey, let me do this because it's going to help me build my portfolio so that when I do start charging, people aren't just taking a chance on me. They're actually saying, Oh, he does great work. Um, so definitely start small with the goal of adding more. I also say you can do it now. A lot of people, a lot of people wonder like, oh, I can't do it until I'm out of college. Well, if you keep it small, you can do it in college. You know, if you are a part-time student, it's an excellent idea to be able to, you know, get some pocket money or, you know, at least build your portfolio and get some experience that by the time you either do start a full-blown agency or you go and work for an agency or you work for an in-house company, you can say, oh, I handled... Five clients over my span of my college career, and this is what I did for them. So don't be afraid to do it now. Um, and then, of course, as anything with our industry, connections, 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 it's going to get you. So, it's going to get you so far because you know the more people you know, the more people you know, <laughs> and it, it it's really invaluable, especially when you're doing an agency. Uh, I would also say don't get bogged down by the stuff that's really foreign to you. I think the hardest thing that was for me when starting an agency was like sales because I, you know, while I am public relations and marketing and then it does have a lot of crossover with sales, I'm not like a total salesperson. Um, so, you know, using your messaging and using your storytelling abilities, you can do that a little bit more organically. Um, but the biggest stuff that was foreign to me and stuff that I had to learn was like the financials of it all, the managerial stuff, the ad, the administration stuff that while my product was something that I, my service was something I really love to do, to be able to run a business, you have to do stuff that's not as fun. Um, so don't get bogged down by that. And I think ultimately, if I was to give anyone advice about starting their own agency and working with clients, period, it would be, it's not just about the product. It's also about the process. Um, The product is incredibly important. Of course, we are trying to produce an excellent product. So clients come back to us, but clients are going to come back to us because of the process, treating your clients well, treating your prospects well, and creating a great process for how you get to the product is ultimately what's going to keep people coming back and recommending you
0: wow i have never considered opening a firm before but you've got me feeling motivated to start considering it those are some great you can tips. Do
1: it. you can do it
0: <laughs> thank you i'll let you know if i start one perfect well i would imagine that it can get quite exhausting at times being involved in so many different things how do you prevent burnout or keep going when you are feeling burnt
1: out? So, I will get into like the mental health stuff, but first I would also say just as far as like business-wise, cross-promoting is great. Um, you know, while you are doing a lot of stuff and you got a lot of balls juggling in the air, integrating them is excellent. Like if you if I'm working for the foundation, I'm able to talk to people and then they're looking at my work on the foundation, and they're saying, "You did an excellent job with this foundation. Do you have social media skills, or like, like how did you learn this?" I'm able to go, "Absolutely, I have an agency that I can, you know, do your social media for." And from there, if I'm working with a company that you know needs technology work, I can say, "Hey, I also work for this company, uh, ProTech Services Group, and we can provide you business-to-business solutions for technology." And then from there, yada yada yada, I can do you know cross promotion and integrated promotion from like the, the all the b- balls I have juggling in the air. So that helps, and it does help when things kind of integrate and things I can you know apply to my coursework as well. That helps, but I think ultimately to prevent burnout is prioritizing your mental health. Um, you have to say you have to know when to say no. You also need to know when to say yes. Um, but prioritizing your mental health is 100% the first thing that you should be considering. I would also say, you know, to piggyback off of that, self-care in all its shapes and forms, um, whatever that is to you, maybe that's going on a walk. You know, I love walking with my dog. That's a form of self-care. Listening to a podcast, I think that's a form of self-care. I think, you know, watching a Netflix documentary, you know, you might not think it's self-care, but at the end of the day, I'm turning on, you know, a Netflix documentary or I'm binging my binging my favorite episode of The Office. And it's just, it that's, how, that's self-care to me. And so whatever that means to you, I think that's incredibly important. Um, and I'm such a hypocrite when I say this, but organizing your personal life will better organize your digital life and your professional life. Um, My room is a mess right now, so that's why I said I'm a hypocrite, but it really helps me when things are clean and really things are like, you know, organized and things are taken care of and I'm taking care of myself because then I can show up and become a better professional for someone else.
0: I love it. Well, before we begin to wrap up, do you have any additional advice for other PR students?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I first and foremost always tell fellow students never be afraid to talk to professors. Professors are going to get you where you want to go. They're going to help you create connections. They're going to help you if you ever need advice or you need feedback on something. Also, you need to start creating connections with your professors because when you're a senior and you're maybe looking to get into a master's or you're looking for a job and you need a letter of recommendation you already have a connection because professors do not like when you come to them and you haven't talked to them, but once in your four years of being in college and you say, Hey, can you write a letter of recommendation for me? Well, what are they supposed to write? They don't know you. So definitely reach out to your professors. I think if I did anything right in college, it would be creating the relationships I did with my professors and they're genuine it's not all strategic it's not all fake they're also very genuine relationships that I will cherish and have forever I will also say connect with your fellow students because for the same reasons your students you know you're next to the future best professional that you've ever seen you never know you're sitting next to An incredible person and they might go on to be, you know, the biggest PR professional in the industry. You never know who you're sitting next to. So connecting with your fellow students is 100% incredibly important. And then, like I said, take as many opportunities as you can. You have to know when to say no, but it's also really important when to say yes. Like, jump into it, anything can be learned, especially if it's within the realm of public relations, it can be learned and you can take these opportunities, um, you know, take your opportunities at PRSSA, um, at your local chapter, like get into an executive level position because that's gonna give you the real world opportunities so that when you get out in the wild, after you graduate, you're not, what is going on? I've never done this before a day in my life. You're like, oh, I actually did this with PRSSA, Oh, I did this with a professor once. Oh, I worked on this project with a fellow student. You're creating those connections. You're getting those real world experiences. So ultimately, don't be afraid to reach out to people because people are going to get you where you need to go. You can't do it alone.
0: Absolutely. And professors and students are really such great resources and networks to help you. Absolutely. Okay, well, moving on into the lightning round, I wanted to ask... If you could do PR for any organization or industry, what would you choose?
1: The National Park Service, hands down. I was fortunate to do my undergraduate internship with Tennessee State Parks, and I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, I did mention my love of the office earlier, but I also love Parks and Rec equally. It's like choosing your favorite child. And I adored working in the park system for just the six months I did with Tennessee State Parks. And I'm also really interested in government and political PR. So getting into that agency, being able to work for the National Park Service, that would be an absolute dream. And also, um, I kind of started this dream when I joined a PRSSA Reimagined. It was in 2021. I think it was also it was March 2021, the directors of Yosemite, um, their communications director, he was on doing a Zoom with PRSSA Reimagined, and I just absolutely fell in love with it. I fell in love with what he was saying. And so, yes, uh, I know this was a lightning round, but yeah, National Park Service for sure.
0: I love it. That would be an awesome place to work. And what's your favorite app on your phone?
1: I would have to say my notes app. I okay. use my notes app almost every day. I have like 20,000 notes in my phone. I don't delete them, um, which is probably problematic, but <laughs> as far as storage space goes, but I don't delete them. I have like my task at the very top. I'm able to like pin them and it just keeps me organized and it keeps me on task. Like I'm also that weird person. This is like such a side note. So feel free to edit this out, but like, I'm also that weird person when I'm at a restaurant, like I'm so nervous that I'm going to forget what I'm about to order. So I write it on my notes app. And so I also don't delete them, as I said. So I'll like go back through my notes and it's like fried chicken, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, like such random stuff. I'm like, hmm, I wonder where I was when I wrote that. Hey, at
0: least if you ever get the question of what you ate yesterday, you know the answer.
1: Yeah, you got it. Absolutely. (laughs) It's a lot. I love that.
0: <laughs> Perfect. It's it's a little diary. Keep no. Yes. Okay. And I know you are a photographer as well. What's your favorite thing to photograph?
1: Oh, as cliche as it sounds, probably humans. I mean, I, I, I know that's super like basic, but I would definitely say humans and dogs. I have two dogs of my own and my phone is cluttered with pictures of my dogs. Um, but I also love trees. I, I mean, I mentioned the National Park Service, but I'm a huge outdoor person. Uh, I love hiking and I love, you know, walking around in nature. And so I also love taking pictures of trees. And then also anywhere I travel because I love traveling.
0: That's awesome. I would love to see your photos sometime. Well, that's all of the questions I have for today. Thank you again so much for coming on our show, Oakley.
1: No, thank you so much, Nicole. This was amazing.
0: Definitely. Have a great rest of your day.
1: You too. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you again to Oakley for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners. Don't forget to share with us on Instagram one takeaway from this podcast episode for a chance to win a $20 gift card to Amazon. Stay tuned for more podcasts coming soon.